It's hour three of BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you and a lot we got to get to, including a rather busy NBA card and, of course, our lightning bets. And, Joe, uh, in our last segment, we heard from Paul to say that Clemson has some value in terms of uh, winning the national championship. And, you know, after looking at it for a couple of moments, uh, what say you? Uh, Any value there or maybe another team uh, perhaps out east that perhaps could win this whole thing? Yeah, not, no, not something that popped to me. I think it's uh, interesting as far as, yes, we are, we are getting some numbers, some data, some a bit of a sample size, but do we have enough? If you've been waiting to see mm-hmm. how things start for, for these teams, um, I think the argument could be made for both ways. But like for me, um, pre-conference play, if, if you've been waiting, I'm wondering if now's the time to strike. Or are you going to start to lose some of these numbers on these teams that you're eyeing? That's uh, that's an interesting debate at this point in the college hoop season. Yeah, it really is. Because uh, I think it is something where, okay, you know, a lot of these uh, fanfared teams, yes, they've been playing these, uh, you know, early season tournaments. And that can certainly help in terms of strength of schedule. But what we're seeing in college basketball over the last few years is that there is always that dark horse, that sort of relative unknown when the path is just right, they can very well make the final four. And maybe there's still value on those teams because they are unheralded because they don't have uh, just the best strength of schedule. And so if you're looking at say uh, effective field goal rate, those kinds of things, maybe that's the best way to look. Uh, But let's bring in uh, Isaac Trotter from 24 seven sports who can help kind of discern things. So Isaac, when it comes to say teams that we aren't talking about that aren't playing in these high profile early season tournaments uh is there a team that you feel like uh can very well make a run in terms of winning a smaller conference a mid-major something like that maybe even making the final four or winning the whole darn thing man that's a great question you know a couple of the teams that stand out from the mid-major angle uh grand canyon has been playing phenomenal basketball right now that's an interesting team i'd watch i don't know if that's a team that can make a deep deep run in march but they have Tyon Grant Foster, one of the best stories in college basketball this year. He was a former number one Juco guy. He went to Kansas, didn't work out there, suffered a heart, um, basically had a, like a heart issue at DePaul, didn't play for two years. Now he's coming back and he's averaging 22 points a game. Like this is a pro who's playing for Grand Canyon. So that's the teams that I'm kind of looking at, those mid-major teams that have elite, elite talent, high-end talent. So then Colorado State's another one that I think would qualify as well. Isaiah Stevens, you could put him in the conversation for the best point guard in college basketball. So for those type of teams that I'm looking for, those those are like the benchmarks I'm looking for because you need to have a dude. If you're at that mid-major ranks, you're probably not going to have the high-end talent. But Grand Canyon has gone into the portal and gotten multiple power six transfers. Colorado State has one of the best coaches in the country, has one of the best point guards in the country, has gone into the portal and gotten multiple power six players. So those are the types of teams that I'm looking at from the outside the the power six that could potentially make some noise in march isaac when i look at last night and uh what we saw happen in college hoops one thing that uh, certainly came to mind was home court as uh you try to figure out what is it worth and we had some spots where you know a team like virginia with their first true road game of the year they get smoked by memphis memphis was it was two and a half earlier uh in the day when we were talking about it i uh, ended up closing three and a half They cover with ease. And then Marquette, they were a short road favorite. And then they get smoked by Providence. What did you think about those results? Yeah, the the Providence one doesn't really surprise me a ton. Providence is phenomenal at home. I think they're 40 and three now at home in their last 43 games. That's just kind of unbelievable. But I think in the Big East, 
so to speak. I think it shows that this might be a little bit more than just a three-team race. You know, I think a lot of people have thought it's UConn, it's Marquette, it's Creighton. And I think a ton of people thought Villanova could potentially be that fourth, and myself included in the beginning. But I, I think Providence has shown that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Devin Carter's jump is real. I think he's a, another NBA guy. Now that his shooting is legit, he was all over the place last night for Providence. And if he's an NBA guy and Bryce Hopkins is an NBA guy, you know, I think there's still some questions about Kim English, their first year head coach, but that's a team that can really challenge for it. I still think, you know, in the Big East that it's it's UConn has been looked like the best team, but I think Creighton's really, really good too. And so like, if you could get a good longer number on them, like I think they're plus 275 in a lot of spots right now, maybe even plus 300 in some spots. I still think that they have a chance to, to potentially win this league. And I think it showed a little bit of the, maybe not the, you know, like I, I like Marquette. I think Marquette's a really good team, but I still think that there's some questions with them too. And some of their issues got a little bit exposed yesterday, especially from a depth perspective and who's their third score. That's still been a, a real question all year. And I think it could hold them from, from winning a league that's, you know, we know is going to be really, really good at the top. Yeah, Creighton number two in America, an effective field goal rate at 60.3%. So absolutely, Creighton uh, is a force to be reckoned with, no doubt about it. Let's talk about tonight's games, and let's start with uh, perhaps the marquee matchup. Baylor versus Duke, Blue Devils three-and-a-half-point favorites. Total of 153-and-a-half with this game being played at Madison Square Garden. What do you like here? Man, this is a, a really fun matchup. Yesterday, I think it opened Duke minus one, and I think the the total was 151, so it's gotten boosted up a little bit more. But both of these defenses stink. Uh, Duke's defense, if you take away preseason priors, they're number 90 nationally. Uh, Baylor, 155 nationally. So both of these defenses have been an issue. I think I would lean the over, but at 153.5, 154.5, like, I don't necessarily love it. For me, For me, I'm always looking at the props market. And uh, mm -hmm. Duke this year has struggled to defend the three. I look at Jalen Bridges over one and a half threes at plus 130 at some spots. That makes a ton of sense for me. He's shooting about 47% from three-point range. He's hit multiple threes in six of nine games. And for me, it's all about minutes and volume. And the, 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 the games this year where he's played at least 30 minutes at three games this year and against Auburn, against Seton Hall, and against Florida. And every one of those games, he gets at least six attempts. He's had multiple threes in all of those games. Like, this is a, a really good spot for him to potentially – you know, get going from downtown, you know, and then I also look at Duke's recent, recent games, Georgia Tech's Miles Kelly, he had eight attempts from three, Arkansas's Khalif Battle, eight attempts from three, Hofstra's best player, Darlington Dubar had 11 attempts from three, and part of it is like, hey, they can't really defend the ball very well, their defense has been a little bit of an issue, so you're kind of getting more catch and shoot open threes, and that's where Jalen Bridges goes to work, so that's a, that's a prop I'm looking at too, I think another one, smart betters are going to be all over Tyrese Proctor's status tonight, the star point guard, the sophomore breakout candidate, he had a sprained ankle almost three weeks ago. He's a game time decision right now. I would expect him to play. If he does play, I do think that that's not really going to move the line too much. I think it's pretty much uh, uh, where it is right now. I don't think that's a, a big needle mover for me, but it does change some of the minute allotments in that backcourt. We've seen some of the Duke freshmen so far this year, like they kind of have spots where they pop off. You know, Caleb Foster had a big game against Michigan State. Uh, Jared McCain, though, is a guy that I think at nine and a half is his prop right now. If Tyrese Proctor plays, I would be more inclined to look at the under with that one. He hasn't hit over nine and a half in any of the four power five games that Duke has played this year. He shoots a bunch of threes. That's kind of the main thing he gets. And Baylor does a really good job of taking away the three. So those are the two angles that I'm looking at in Duke uh, Baylor. And I think that's going to be a, a big time game with a lot of points scored. 
All right. What about uh, North Carolina, Oklahoma? This game's being played in Charlotte. Uh, North Carolina is favored, uh, but they're coming off back to back losses against UConn and uh, Kentucky. And then you have Oklahoma. They haven't lost yet. The market's interesting right now. And, you know, it has yet to settle. I see some spots at North Carolina, two and a half point favorite. Some have it at three and a half. What say you? Yeah, I mean, you could make a case that Oklahoma should be favored in this game and that the wrong team is favored in this spot. Hmm. I think Oklahoma has been better so far this year. The problem is, is this is a pseudo home game for North Carolina, right in their backyard. So I'd expect them to play pretty well tonight. So I I don't really have a a take on the side or total. Again, the prop market is interesting to me because there's some really good angles here. Oklahoma defensively, fantastic at uh, um, allowing or, you know, not allowing assists. I think they've allowed the seventh fewest assists in all of college basketball this year, under nine per game. For me, I look at Cormac Ryan, under one and a half assists, makes a ton of sense. He has just has a 9% assist rate this year. Notre Dame transfer, he, he's basically there to make shots for them. He's a play finisher. He is not a play creator for them. Uh, and Oklahoma does a really good job, too, of running teams off the stripe. They don't really give up uh, a high volume of open catch-and-shoot threes. So Cormac Ryan under 18 and a half uh, points, rebounds, and assists also makes sense for a guy that doesn't do a lot from, you know, from a play creation standpoint, doesn't rebound a ton. And if he's not hitting threes feels like that's a, a decent spot for an under. And then on the other side, North Carolina's ball screen defense stinks. Like they have been atrocious so far this year defensively, and lead guards have gone nuts against them. Kentucky's Rob Dillingham at 17 points in 25 minutes. UConn's Cam Spencer at 23. Florida State, Jameer Watkins, he went for 17. Dalton Connect, he put 37 on them. Arkansas, Tremone Mark, one of their big, big-time guards, he had 34. So for me, then I look at Oklahoma – Javian McCollum is the guy that I'm eyeing. 14 and a half is his number. You can get over 14 and a half at plus money in some spots. He's elite in ball screens this year. Just a phenomenal handle. Can really shoot it. Really good mid-range. Can get to the rim and finish. Good free throw shooter. And then minutes, right? Like that's that's for me the thing is is big minutes. Anytime he gets 29, at least 29 minutes, he scored at least 14 points in all five games this year. He's hit that over 14 and a half in four of those five. Uh, and and that makes makes a lot of sense tonight because I think this is going to be a game where he has to play 34, 35, 36 minutes. He's not coming off the floor too often for Porter Moser, uh, one of the best gets out of the transfer portal out of Siena. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, another one in that game too, Armando Baycott. It's a good number for him, 13 and a half is his points prop I think this makes a ton of sense for the over usually he's lined around that 15 and a half 16 and a half range he's had a couple games where he struggled with his efficiency around the rim he's really struggling to make layups this year that seems like an anomaly that seems like an early season anomaly and so Oklahoma they mix up their post-up coverages a little bit sometimes they'll post or sometimes they'll trap the post sometimes they won't I think Baycott with an opportunity to shoot double digit free throws tonight against bigs that he's bigger than and comfortable with John Hughley, the Oklahoma big man used to play at Pitt. So uh, North Carolina, really familiar with him back in the ACC days. So he's going to be very comfortable. And you're talking about a guy who's probably going to get 10 attempts inside the paint and potentially double digit free throws. That's good math to get 14 points tonight. Let's talk about Alabama for just a little bit, because certainly this is a program that we see having a potentially high ceiling, but maybe they're off to a bit of a shaky start. And now they get Arizona as seven and a half point dogs. What do you think about this one? Boy, this is an interesting spot, right? Like uh, Alabama so far this year, the metrics love them because their offense is phenomenal. But I think their defense Mm -hmm. is such a problem that it leads to some you know, issues. But, you know, so far this year in college basketball, offense is up through the roof. We've seen scoring is higher uh, this year. I think we have a lot of teams that are running 
you know, better, they're, 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 they're mathing better, right? Like they're shooting the better shots. Mm -hmm. They're shooting shots at the rim. They're shooting the threes. They're getting the free throw line. They're not taking bad twos. And so like Creighton or, or Alabama and Arizona both do that tonight too. Uh, for me, like every time I look at for for me, every time I look at uh, Alabama, it's like those lead guards, Aaron Estrada and Mark Sears. They have the ball in their hands a lot, but Mark Sears does not turn the basketball over very much. I think some of his turnover props is two and a half. I think the under makes a little bit of sense there, but I don't think I would. I think I would lean Arizona in this spot because just because I think Arizona is relentless. I think that team, honestly, yeah. even in a loss against Purdue, they showed a lot. Like they showed a lot. I felt like they took some punches from that game and had a chance to really win that game, even though Purdue made some really, really tough spots. So I think that they're the more complete team. I think they're going to get whatever they want, whenever they want offensively and defensively, they're going to give some teams some problems. Tommy Lloyd's a really good coach. He'll throw in his zone. He'll do a two. He'll mix in a two, three zone. He'll mix in a one, three, one. Occasionally he'll, he'll press, he'll place a man. He'll trap the corners. Like he'll do whatever it takes to get stops sometimes. And I think that that uh, comes into play a little bit tonight when you have to kind of empty the tank against an Alabama offense. It's the best in the country. Oh, you know, it's funny, Isaac, is uh, the game of the weekend, by far the best game, also involves Arizona uh, going up against FAU out in Vegas. Ken Palm makes this uh, number six. Uh, wh what should we look for uh, when considering uh, this game when, once we get to Saturday? Yeah, this is a, a awesome, awesome game. The best part about both these teams is how unselfish they are. Uh, they, they just really pass the basketball very, very well. For me, the big man matchup is huge. Vladislav Golden has been Florida Atlantic's, you know, underrated stars like he's phenomenal inside the paint against Umar Balo against Keshad Johnson that's going to be a huge huge matchup point there and then getting Elijah Martin going for FAU as well he's been really streaky this year last year he was arguably their best player and when he's really getting it going from downtown you're going to be able to to do some things for for FAU and we've seen lead guards against Arizona be able to get to their spots against drop coverage they play a lot of deep drop coverage Elijah Martin getting off those screens getting that mid-range 15-foot jumper Janelle Davis I'll be Behind those props for those, those both of those guys and you know I expect Arizona's size to give FAU some problems like we saw against FAU in Illinois you can really post FAU you can get in the mid post area and go to work because they're not going to bring a double very often maybe that's Pella Larson time this year he's been one of the most efficient scorers in all of college basketball can be, be really really good from a lot of different areas he doesn't shoot a ton of volume but if his props around 10 and a half 11 and a half for a guy that's shooting I mean I think his effective field goal percentage is almost 70% this year. I'd have to double check that, but he's been phenomenal this year. I think that could be interesting because he's going to have multiple inches advantage against some of the smaller FAU perimeter defenders. Just 15 seconds left here. Any other player props you like for tonight? Man, I think I unloaded all of them. I, I think I did. I, I, I think the, <laughs> I don't have any others that I, I have right now. Those are the main ones. I, again, I think the Javian McCollum one is probably my favorite one, though. Over 14 and a half at plus money or the Jalen Bridges over one and a half threes. That, that seems like good, good money to me. Good stuff. Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports, thank you so much for your time and happy holidays to you. Always appreciate you coming on. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a busy, busy card in the NBA. We will share our favorite plays right here on the BetQL Network.